What's going on, everybody? Welcome aboard the Soul Dream. We got another episode of our favorite Thursday night special. Dum, 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 dum. Thirsty Thursday. And, of course, we have our ragtag team of turf grass Sorum experts. I'm not included in that, and we'll see how this ends up playing out through the course of the night. But first and foremost, I do want to introduce our guest. Is one of my great friends. He is a former, uh, uh, he, is a, he is a graduate of Penn State from the Turfgrass program. He is a former golf course superintendent who had the ultimate panic freakout breakdown of all panic freakout breakdowns, a.k.a. he just decided he wanted to make money in his life and opted to move into lawn care, which how that worked out for him, I don't know, but uh, he seems to be doing well. We've got nasty Nate Alleman with barefoot lawn and turf right here. How are you, Nate? I'm good, Matt. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And that's been Thanks. Some, some time in the making, um, but... I, look, I got my logo there too. Look at that. And we do it this up. Is, this is Jay Emmy Ping. winning producer. Yeah, J Pink is gonna. We're, we we do not half ass anything on here except our personalities. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> my wife said I thought you fixed your hair. I did fix my hair. It's just falling out, Asami. It's I got a giant <laughs> bald spot over here. Um, Nate. What and before I introduce Ray and Ryan that everybody knows because shit they've been running the show without me these last three weeks anyway, but <laughs> or four weeks, but uh, I, I was going to bring up Nate and I have something in common that uh, there's quite a few people out there now that fall into this category, but something that we did not have to work near and dear for, but we managed to come to the same conclusion anyway, and it had to do with a mutual um, networking group we were a part of and what happened to us, Nate? We, we, got, we got the old-fashioned hook. We are no yes. longer part of that group. The band. We got the <laughs> band Hammer. And Nate, why did mm. we get banned from this group? Uh, <laughs> uh, are those people listening on the group? Who cares? Definitely. Possibly. Possibly. I personally, I think uh, it's just our backgrounds and, you know, we're, I think you so, you so more than me are educated in the matter, a uh, ton of experience in turf and, and just kind of teaching the basics and people didn't want to hear about the basics of, of, of lawn care and, and whatnot. So uh, I really think just kind of questioning people's uh, personas, not, not personas, but knowledge and, and methods and, and just, uh, People felt uncomfortable um, kind of calling people out. And that's just kind of my nature is when I see a, a spade, I call a spade a spade. But, well, I'm uh, I'm kicked out of the group because of that. Actually, technically not because of that, but I was actually yeah, on pretty yeah, good yeah. behavior towards the end. I yeah, got accused I for something say, I did not do, but this is This is much. what's amazing. Let me, let me simplify this. So Nate had a reputation for calling – bullshit bullshit right and i mean just not to sugarcoat it that if somebody if nate had a genuine question about controlling a wild violet or something and if they were having any any success with a certain tank mix and somebody made the comment that they should balance the soil nate would be like that is a trash comment i can't believe you would say that <laughs> as should anybody in that type of scenario would make a similar kind of remark right it, especially uh, a hothead uh, turf degree holder, you know, 
not saying you're one day. I'm just saying in general, right? Um, I agree. But, okay, so I made a video that I alluded to liquid aeration being a scam by the definition that it is not actually aerifying the soil. And, uh, and uh, so I got banned from this group, the Professional Lawn Care Applicator Group. And, uh, and you know, no surprise, but they, they banned me because they said that um, they were concerned for my mental health. And, uh, and so they thought it would be best if I was removed from the group. Uh, in fact, the, the, the moderator of the group said, uh, you, we're afraid you have lost it. So we've decided you to remove, we've decided to remove you, remove you, which is just bizarre in and of itself. Right. That's a good, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to, uh, you know, embrace that whole mental health concept of, you know, you're sitting on the edge of the ledge and Hey, whatever happens here, man, good luck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just you push you off. I'm going to walk over here because you might <laughs> jump. I don't want to see that happen and have that blood on my hands. Um, right. Here's a gun in case you want to shoot yourself on the way down. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, interesting. This is and where uh, I, the, the funny thing is, is that um uh, Nate was in another stream and was, uh, was showing a little support and, uh, and all that fun stuff. And he got, he got booted for that, uh, because they said that he was running his mouth about the group. Uh, and, uh, in actuality, he, there, there was no discussion of it whatsoever. I think it's, uh, uh, at that point, you know, people get it into their heads that when, when they do dumb things, now they become paranoid that everything they do is dumb and they just lash out at everyone around them. Right. Uh, and, but anyway, I thought that was funny, and uh, and Nate and I we were friends before then. But you want to talk about solidifying brothers and bond? There, uh, we we made an e blood pack of sorts, and uh, and so you know here we are. We we take care of our own kind of sort of deal. And so I thought he would be a great guest for this because he's amongst his own people who would also see comments about balancing the soil that would also call it bullshit. And I'm like Nate, dude, we got the spot for you. So. Welcome aboard the Soul Train. <laughs> Joining us with Nasty Nate tonight, we've got, of course, the near and dear, Ryan DeMay and Ray Ito. How are you gentlemen doing? Thank you for carrying the torch these past this past month. Well, you know, it was hard trying to pretend like I was from Tennessee. I didn't show any chest hair. I did that practice run with Sean way back when, and that video got deleted, never to be seen again. I think the reason that that got deleted was just because uh, how much of a hit it would have been in Eastern Europe with all the girls over there. Have they seen this big frothy? Look at that. Look at that. Ah. But I digress. Uh, it's good to have uh, good to have you back. And looking forward to chatting with somebody with a golf course background. Now, I'm also interested to unpack, and Ray, I'm sure you can help out with this too, as, as Matt will, of the uh, – I'm not sure if Nate is aware of the uh, – proliferation of golf course experts that are among us right that may be watching this now or watching it tape delay at a later point but maybe maybe we'll touch a little bit on that but ray how are you this evening sir well i'm just uh coming off of a week of literally uh taking names and kicking asses <laughs> to put it to put it nicely <laughs> i didn't know that i didn't know that it was collections week already that's good to know 
That's good to know. <laughs> no, not 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 money wise. Not money wise. Oh, oh, oh. No, I, I'm just I'm just being my my usual self, being a being what one customer affectionately calls me a shit disturber. And uh, <laughs> yeah. sounds yeah, accurate. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that should be the whole package right there. Hey, so all right, now. For the low, low price of $10,000 an acre, you can get into what I like to call the shit disturber package. This one will <laughs> leave no turd unturned, all right? Everything on your lawn is going to get flipped over. I can't even say everything I want to say right now. I was going to go on a roll there. I got to stop. I got to stop. But, hey, I will do your marketing pitch for you whenever you're ready. So, all right. All right. Let's, 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 get, into, let's get into this here a little bit. So, um, Okay you're a golf course guy you're doing the golf course thing i i understand that matt understands that ray understands that but can you give people a quick background on just you know i know you went to a bunch of different places different expectations along the way but you know tell people what that daily grind is really like because a lot of people as i said and we'll we'll talk more about this and hopefully if you don't know about it you'll be just as shocked as just all of us have been at this proliferation of people who claim to have golf course experience that really don't but just touch on the day-to-day -day, the challenges of growing grass on a golf course and you know some of the background that you had with your you know your science and your education from penn state how that helped you manage through some tough situations yeah, yeah definitely um yeah, so my first uh, job out of high school was was a local country club i was just mowing um during the afternoons and whatnot and uh at that point, you're like, hey, you got to go to college. What do you want to go to college for? So I like working outdoors and, uh, you know, went to Penn State. Drinking you know, beers me... and mowing grass. Yeah. So uh, a <laughs> little side story to that. You know, my dad said, hey, man, you know, stay in school as long as you can. And uh, after my like fifth and a half year, he was like, hey, man, you got to get out of school. Uh, there's no more money left. <laughs> so I... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I took his advice and I took his advice again. And uh, anyway, I went to Penn State. I had a good time. It was a real good time. Uh, a couple summers, you know, five and a half years, a couple sophomore and senior years. But um, <laughs> so I graduated. <laughs> I, I, I got my turf degree, uh, you know, looking for a job. I found a job in Philadelphia and, and my wife actually, uh, well, well, the girlfriend at the time was, uh, she was going to medical school in Philly. So I got a job at a, at a nice country course, uh, country club place called golf mills is in king of prussia mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. you know it's it, it's probably it's a donna ross course uh probably you know in that, in that area it's a top 10 course in philadelphia you know you have the marians mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys heard of and then you have uh, uh pine valley in new jersey and Baldestral. you know it, so it's, it's right there and um you know I, I guess i wasn't prepared to work every single weekend every single holiday you know into the evenings um it was just a lot of a lot of work i mean it's and not for a lot of pay, uh, especially as a right. assistant superintendent, which I don't know if you have to go through the, you know, you're an intern first and you're assistant superintendent, and you're a superintendent. But at that time, um, that was 2005, roughly, uh, you know, golf courses, it was right before the 2008. So there was a lot of movement in golf. So you had to be assistant for quite some time. But, you know, every day we, we, we get up at five o'clock, we're on the golf course by five 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 thirty. We're checking the golf course, see if the irrigation ran. And, and you work until about five or six o'clock at night. So it's, it's, it's a true 12 hour day, half a day. And, 
every weekend, every holiday, um, you had to be on the golf course. Um, the, the constant stress of grass dying w was tough to overcome. Um, you know, a lot of my friends were hanging out at the pool on weekends and mm -hmm. I'm on a golf course, seeing if grass is going to try to die on me. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go after, watch number yeah. eight. Oh yeah. I'm doing cannonballs, yeah. bruh. <laughs> so as, 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 as my wife was in medicine trained to become a doctor, she's a cardiologist now. And, uh, which is great. At one point she's like, why are you spending eight hours a week worrying about grass dying? You know, I'm here working eight hours a week, saving people per se. She didn't say that. She's pretty modest about how she, uh, talks about herself, but she's trying to, you know, she's doing something good into society. And here we're just trying to keep, you know, rich assholes have fast greens and good playing surfaces. So, um, <laughs> basically that's what we're doing. And, you know, no one's ever happy. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, no one's ever happy. I mean, you can deal with lawn care as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's just after working and moving, my wife went to medical school in Philly. She went did a, 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 her residency at the Cleveland Clinic. I had to move jobs. Then we went to Pittsburgh, moved jobs again. Uh, finally found a, a, a course that took me as a superintendent. I was assistant for maybe seven years. And I always, all I wanted to do is be a superintendent. That's all I ever wanted to do. I finally got a job. I worked for a good guy. He was a family guy, which was very important to me because he didn't expect me to be there 12 hours a day anymore. So I was able to back that off a little bit, but I was still there every single day. And, uh, and the demand, the stress, um, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, so eventually I did, you know, start my own lawn care company and it grew faster than I thought it would. Thanks to Matt, actually, uh, another side story. One day I called Matt and I don't know how I got your number or, or, or how. And I was like, Hey man, I had this idea for a lawn care company. Here's what I want to do. And you're like, nah, here's what you want to do. <laughs> so he, he, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do three treatments a year and I'm going to do all polymer coated urea and I'm going to, you know, charge the same amount that most companies charge for six. And uh, anyway, Matt's like, no, you, you got to get more applications. You got to, they got to see you more, you know, the fertilizer might work, but that's the whole grand scheme of weed control. And, but he spent an hour talking to the phone with me, which was, I mean, I, first time we talked, we spent an hour on the phone. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and after that, you know, if I had any questions, you know, I, I called Matt, I mean, throughout, throughout your career, you know, as, as other golf course members know, you meet many salesmen, uh, and they help you out when you have problems. And, um, but, uh, yeah, so I started my lawn care company and, uh, and, um, I, I don't miss being a golf course superintendent. One thing I did realize it's easier to keep POA cut at a 10th of an inch alive than it is to kill POA selectively at four <laughs> inches. So, you know, when you're, when, I mean, when you're dragging, yeah, when you're, when you're dragging a hose and trying to keep POA greens alive, I mean, that's. So a lot of, I don't know where everybody's from, but you know, up north of the Mason Dixon, POA is the best green uh, grass turf. I mean, it's, you really can't plant, it's just naturally occurring, but nothing rolls better than a, a POA green. And that's why Oakmont is uh, country club is known for their, their greens. They're all POA. Um, so, but anyway, that's my, that's my side note is that POA is easier to keep alive than it is to kill selectively speaking. So it grows in the cracks of sidewalks. So how hard could it be to grow it on the green, right? That's what I was always told. 
at a tenth of an inch when it's eighty when it's eighty five degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. any grass at a hundred thousandths of an inch is uh, is super easy to keep alive. You just you know you just mow it and you score it. You with watch it eighty hours a week. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Spray it with fungicide every five days and yeah yeah yeah. You, you know the old fashioned is the, uh. We well, cart me the water hose over here, please. This doesn't go to lawn care, but you know, you paint it white, you sleep at night. So that's referring <laughs> that's to, right. That's, that's right. Referring, that's referring to using dacanil or dacanil. Yeah. What's that's my, something, what's my annual limit on that? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. it. Once a once a week. Once a week. One, yeah. Once a week at uh, now. See, these guys are all. You, you got to be a real golf horse. I'll, I'll say this. Ray, back me up on this one. You are not, you are not a golf course person on YouTube or otherwise, unless you have stood over a sprayer and dumped a, a twenty-pound case of uh, dry fallopian dacanil into a spray rig. Like that's the real deal, <laughs> right you, there. You're not, and or synthesine or else no. My favorite, my favorite is you know that how thirty-three, thirty-six used to come, Ryan. It used to come in a two-pound foil bag, and here's how I'd open my thirty-three-thirty-six. Rip the top off of the bag. Take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't smell anything because uh, I'm dressed like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> okay, but okay. Open one, open one packet, and then when that goes down, then you rip open another one, and you keep on ripping until you have enough to fill that sprayer. And that's on top of the dacanil. That's on top of the on top of the subdue. And I'll stop there because anything after that, I'm really starting to show my age. Well, I'm gonna tell you what: if you have Poa Greens. And you've sprayed the hell out of some thiophenate methyl in your day. I guarantee you that. <laughs> There's no way you're getting through that without some thiophenate methyl. So, is, hey, real well, quick, Ryan. Go ahead. But is the worst feeling in the entire world is at the end of the day when you do an irrigation repair, and it's a shitty one. I'm talking about <laughs> irrigation repairs before we had slip fixes. And you know you you, you screwed up. No, you screwed up four or five pieces of pipe trying to get it set because it's eight o'clock and the sun's going down. You finally get it set, and you know you shouldn't kick it on, but you go ahead and kick it on, and it just absolutely <laughs> ruptures, and you're just like, screw it. I hate everybody. I hate myself. I'm done with this. And you just you go home, and then you're there at five o'clock in the morning. Back out, I just grunting through it. I'll, 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 I'll give you thing put together. I'll see you and raise this. I can remember two mainline leaks at my, the last course that I worked at. One was a uh, ten inch mainline, yeah, <laughs> ten inch mainline <laughs> that erupted middle of the day on like a literally uh, erupted. Or no, it had literally to be a Friday. Erupted. It always it's always on a Friday. <laughs> No, it was I no, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday and you know what we did because it was it was like scorched. I mean, it was like 99 winds blowing like 20 miles an hour like it was it was danger zone big time. Literally stayed there all night, like went to Sunbelt at like 4 o'clock, had them like set the had them set the uh mini X outside for us to pick up with the key hidden in it and everything. 
stayed all night and fixed that thing, turned the irrigation on at like five in the morning. We, I don't even remember that. That was wild. We bought, um, where did we go? We drove like an hour away to get like a mechanical joint restraint fitting to fix this damn thing. Like it was, it was like, it was a big deal. The best one though, Matt, 18 inch main line coming out of our pump house, like down through our driving range. Literally. Now the, the first one was just leaking. This one, when they built it, they, they, t- they took the belt. These are, uh, uh, gasketed fitting so you push the pipe together and it gaskets and it, it locks in well the bastards that said it set it right on top of this massive rock that was left by the last ice age here in ohio and <laughs> it sat there and for like six years it was fine and then one day overnight driving in there's water gushing across the road i'm thinking man that's weird and then i see pieces of pipe pieces of blue irrigation sdr 21 pipe all over the road and i'm thinking <laughs> oh lord oh boy that whole weekend that was that was on a friday that was the worst weekend of my entire life absolutely absolutely so yeah that that, you know go ahead how many times you run into uh old concrete where they dumped the concrete over the fitting and they said oh this will last and you got (laughs) yeah this yeah this this is good yeah you're digging all this concrete like hang on a second here what I'll, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll raise that one too. So the first course I worked at, mom and pop golf course, right? They had the very, this is no, this is no BS. They had the very first uh, fairway irrigation system in Ohio. It's a little mom and pop course, but they were not afraid to spend money. So these pipes were literally galvanized pipes, right? Oh. And oh lord, the only the only way to fix these things. This is how they resorted to fixing. This is the first way I learned how to fix an irrigation pipe. What they would take, uh, <laughs> this is no crap. I can remember being fourteen years old working on the golf course, taking an irrigation head up or an irrigation leak up, and uh, we would take um, hose clamps, right? And you would take uh, the uh, the gummy part of like a tire patch fix, like where you'd pop a, a flat and fix it. And we would patch that and crank it down with the uh, hose clamp, and that would literally <laughs> seal the pipe. It was like uh, Flex Seal before Billy Mays and Vince Tornado or whatever that fucking guy's name is. I was literally doing that in like 1998 before it was cool. So, um, yeah. Th- th- see, this is the kind of stuff, though. Okay. And we're sitting here rapping about all this stuff and everybody's like, oh, golf course lawn. I've got a golf course lawn. Let me tell you what, like if you haven't been in some shit on the golf course and have watched turf die in front of your eyes where there's absolutely nothing you can do about it and you know that there's nothing you can do about it and still your stomach is sinking, I don't care who the hell you are, what the hell you say you are. You are not anything to do with a golf course. That's me being an elitist and a purist right now. If you think I'm wrong, come fight me. No, I, I, I'm telling you, there's something about the sweat equity that goes into it that if you haven't, if you, if you haven't put it in, then you don't deserve to get to talk about it. I don't. I'm elitist like that too. You know how many how many times when it's a hundred degrees outside, I've already had one heat stroke on the day and had to go fall asleep at lunch in the in the clubhouse, and then have to go back out and dig another <laughs> heat stroke uh, length of of irrigation pipe to try and find a leak, and I still never find the damn thing, you know. And it just 
it's a it's a it's it's amazing. And until you have experienced that, and and then you get your check at the end of the week, and it's like four hundred bucks or whatever, and, and, then they're, <laughs> and then they're complaining that you know you spent too much money on Dacanil again, and you're like, well, okay. Hey, that was always honestly, honestly, guy, maybe Nate can Nate can probably identify this or identify with this is. Anybody ever complain? Like I learned, it, it was late in my golf course career when I learned this. But um, people would complain, and I would, whether it be about budget or whatever, and you know, I would say, oh, hey, overall, were you happy with your experience on the golf course? Overall, were you happy with the condition of the golf course? Well, yeah, you know, it was just this. Oh, 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 Stop. we're done. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's been a lovely okay. to chat with you. Well, and I got to go. One thing I learned is that you're only as good as yesterday. They don't remember. <laughs> you're only as good as yesterday. Yeah, that's the that's truth. It. This is true. You could have you and could I, have the best greens, run into a drought, and, you know, things are still playing well, but things are a little brown. You know, first impressions, everything on a golf course. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you grew up, you probably grew up in a time where it was like all of a sudden, you know, the, the late 90s or early, I guess 90s was all about green. Everything wanted to be green, green. Then we got into this, well, firm and fast, right? Well, everybody wanted mm-hmm. firm and fast without seeing any brown. You can't have firm and fast without any brown out there, right? So it's that point you're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You let your Oakmont have you know twenty five guys out there with a hose just hitting spots, right. You know, on fairways like that's not you yeah, know, the size of a shoebox. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I think so. I have a couple of buddies that worked at Oakmont. They have, I believe, they might have like twelve assistants. And they have twenty some mm-hmm. interns a year. Like it's 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 ridiculous how much help they have. And not only they're all educated. Not not to say that you yeah. know, it matters, but they're all turf have turf degrees of some sort, whether it's a bachelor associate degree or or, or certificate. Mm-hmm. They all have turf degrees. They have thirty guys with turf degrees there. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> so, What's no, it is, and it's it's all ambitious guys. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's just yeah, the ambition, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. pride. Well, everybody wants to outwork like 80 hours. Let's work 81 hours. Well, I'm going to work 82 hours. And it's just like, man, you guys got to draw a line somewhere. Like, I mean, it's just thrown on the table and see who's bigger and just we'll leave then. I mean, like, what's, what's going well, on here? Hey, so. Nate, Nate, you can't have a prick raving contest if you don't get it up first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But so okay, yeah, okay, okay. Let's we'll, we'll get we'll we'll get into this more in the after show because man, we're gonna blow your mind for sure on this one of of the uh, what do they call that in uh, like the mil- oh stolen valor right when people claim to be like that they were like ex Navy SEALs or something like that and then people figure that, them out like yes yeah, they're getting that this free, free imposters imposters free Denny's. <laughs> yep exactly they want that free denny's meal or or if it now see only only nate's going to get this but they go to eaton park and probably get a free cookie because they're a military service veteran see he's the only person that's going to know saying eaton park total it's inside western baseball PA. thing with nate right now western pa right here okay so let's talk about the agronomy side so you leave the golf course you leave that side of it and you talked to Matt. Personally, I'd like to riff a little bit on that idea that you had, that original idea that Matt said was dumb. Not right now, but here in a little bit. But <laughs> what were some of the what are some of the things just basic you, you talked about basic agronomy in the beginning. What are the, some of the things that you took away from the golf course that you translate and are, are using every day from an agronomic 
uh, principal side of, you know, what you did on the golf course to what you do in your lawn care business? Well, honestly, I think I learned more about fertilizer and, and, and uh, after I was a golf course superintendent, I was during a golf course superintendent. Usually, you know, you just, I didn't know you could go customize fertilizers and whatnot. Um, when I started my business, mm-hmm. that's what I started to do. But, um, you know, a polymer coated, I don't know if, uh, you know, there's these one and done products. Knox has one. I think Harold's has one mm-hmm. where that you have a, a, mm-hmm. a six month polyon coated urea and they put dimension and the celeprin on it. So literally, mm-hmm. you know, for your rough areas, instead of, you know, fertilizing three, four times a year, you throw it one time and done. Now you're paid in 85, it could be $95 a bag now. And you're looking at probably mm-hmm. four bags an acre to get about a pound and a mm-hmm. half end down. But you know, my thought was to take the polymer coated, you know, um, ureas and put them into lawn care because it seems like what companies were charging to treat a lawn just didn't seem like it was enough to cover a really good fertilizer. So um, that was kind of what I was trying to do is figure out what companies are charging and how I could be competitive in a way um, to, 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 you know, for my business. And then I kind of realized like, you know, if you're going to be different and use a better product, you really don't have to be competitive at all. You can kind of do your own thing. You know, as long as the results are there and 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 whatnot, um, you don't have to fit into some kind of uh, uh, you know mold or or you know worry about you know getting clients. So, um, and that being said, one of the guys I met when I first started my business, he uh, he's been cutting lawns for 20 years. Um, really nice guy. Uh, he does a great job. He uses a I don't, he uses a walker, so he has leaves all the stripes and whatnot. Um, he said mm-hmm. to me, and, and I and I take this and I tell everybody this that's new in business. If everybody's signing on, you're not charging enough. You need to have people say no. You know, I'm not going to pay this. This is not you know, a little bit on my budget. Um, so that being said, I, it was a good selling point with my background. You know, having a turf degree from Penn State, having a golf course experience, is that when I when I told them like, hey, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. Uh, it really wasn't a hard sell uh, per se, especially early on. Um, but as you know, business increased. You know, my I, I realized my pricing probably wasn't as high as it should be, and I increased it. And uh, and uh, you know, so far, <laughs> knock on wood, so good. I mean, it's uh, it's been great. But again, the background. Um, I don't get questioned on certain things. I hear people back when I was a member before I got banned from the group, is hearing uh, all these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all these people would complain about people complaining about them and I'm questioning their actions and, 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 oh uh, and methods and, and, and what they're using and they're burning my law and this and that. And, uh, I, I've honestly never got questioned on that. So, um, I don't know if I'm lucky or, you know, um, I'm just using a better product and better results and, you know, you kind of, another thing to fall back on, you get what you pay for, right? I mean, it's like that in life. I mean, once in a while you get a good deal, but for the most part, you get what you pay for. I'll kind of no chime in. On... Free lunch. No, not at all. <laughs> no such. And no such thing you as know, free this... lunch. And <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, because I'm listening to this, and no, I don't get questioned, and I tell people what I do is actually not for everyone. You have to want a certain thing before we'll talk business. And if you don't want that, you don't expect it, 
then what I do is not for you. Uh, good day, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. It's nice to say no. It's it fun really saying is. no. I, I just... I just I just put it, it out there. No, I just put it out there, and it's uh, you know. And to when I spell it out, I tell people I'm not desperate for business. That's why I'm not all over the internet. That's why I'm not all over the phone book. I'm not all over the paper. In Ray, other words, you're showing your age, mentioning phone book <laughs> and newspaper paper. advertising. <laughs> yeah, well. Ray, I, I, I am like showing my Ma Bell. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, that forgive me for being old, Matt. Okay, I'm old. <laughs> I'm an old man. I you're mean, age, that, you're, I, I you're can aging, admit it. Ray. You're not old yet. You're mate. You're you're aging. You're just you're just challenged with youth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but seriously, you know, I, I I then tell people, I am not desperate for work. And, you know, that, that's just how it is. So it's, uh, it's a rather interesting uh, experience when I tell people when they're inquiring about what I do and my services, I tell people I terminate customers. I was going to say, if you if I if you ever wanted to see smoke pour out of Ray's ear holes, uh, the only thing you would have to do is be a customer and ask, "Are you sure it's supposed to look like this?" One week after a nervous ad application, and I guarantee you, if his ears aren't rolling smoke, his head may pop right off his neck, and it just runs off the other direction. Uh, because I know that just would not play with Ray ever at all, never. No, no, it it wouldn't. Because I'd tell them, for one thing, this is the first time in it's the lawn's life that it's actually being treated. And secondly, uh, I am going to have to fry it or burn it a little in order to actually get this done. Because, yeah, Matt knows me for, what is that, burn and return. You're damn right. You're damn right. <laughs> burn and return. Gotta send it sometimes. Down. Yeah, Matt, Matt you, have to tell, you have to tell Nate, uh, you know, what that comes from. Uh, all right, so back in the day, and this is, this is actually when I was on the golf course, and I'm... I had to make all these decisions, right? Because there was there was one investor, and then there was me, and then I had a bunch of young kids, and we're we we were building a uh, a, a short course and a and a driving range. I've never done this before, right? And uh, and so as I get into it, I'm you know I'm I'm trying to cram as much into my brain as I possibly can, and I I came across a, a site called Lawn Site and started reading there a little bit, and then. Um, it, it was interesting because, you know, not long after that, 2008 happened, everything crashed, left there, went to work at, at True Green. You want to talk about being really overwhelmed, trying to make that transition from, uh, uh, golf to lawn care. And in, and this is what the, the, the positive I'll say about going to work at True Green was, um, it is so fast paced. Um, and 
there's there's no moment to stop and think about what you're doing. You have to be pre-programmed at the at the front end of the day if you're going to complete your day in 12 hours, right? Otherwise, you're going to be working 14, 16 hours and you do this 6 days a week, right? So, I I was used to the work aspect of it, but normally I could stop and think about what I was going to do next and at True Green you don't have that opportunity. So, as you're driving to the property, you have to recall from recollection of when you were there last time, what condition it was in and have a pretty good game plan in place of what you're going to do when you get there. Even like if you've got an idea, you're going to pull your backpack, like you're thinking to yourself, okay, I got a, a gallon and a half of MCPA in there and I'm going to go ahead and hit the front yard first. And then I'm going to go ahead and pull the hose. And that way, when I finish, I'm back at the truck and then I'll finish off. I'll fill up my second tank and then, and then go hit the rest or whatever it is, you know, your game plan, you're going through this in your head. And it was weird for me because uh, it's it's just such a different style of, of of grass care, right? And I wouldn't even call it turf management at that point. It's just you're you're managing all these different weird things, and you're managing them for speed. And uh, and so you know, I would I would I would read a lot of what Ray would write about to try and figure out, you know, if if I incorporate some of these things like multiple modes of action at one time, is that going to save me from having to make three passes across the yard? You know, is it going to save me from having to uh, 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 pull two different backpacks after I already blanket spray the yard, right? And so it was it was fun to read that and 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 read what he was doing. And of course, this is back in the MSMA days too, you know. So then I got to really put it into into practice of. Like, well, I got a tank full of MSMA. What the hell am I going to dump in here next? You know, let's go ahead and give it a couple glugs of three-way and hope it doesn't turn into a solid gelatinous goo, you know, and, you know, hopefully I've got enough water in there that it doesn't do that and, and get out there and go <laughs> light it up and everything turns just holy hell of an orange. And, you know, you, 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 you just keep faith and you pretend like you know what you're doing to the customer. I'm like, well, I saw this guy on the internet and he told me it's going to work. Or <laughs> I saw him tell someone else it's going to work because I didn't have the balls to ask him myself, but it, it's going to be good. And, uh, and you know, yeah, two weeks later, three weeks later, all of a sudden it does. It looks like a brand new yard and you're like, holy hell, it worked. And so you get that little bit of confidence and you see Ray doing something else that's absolutely insane against the grain. And, you know, you do it all over again until, you know, you have the confidence to start making these decisions yourself. Right. And so that, look at this mother right here. Look at this guy. I, that's, Ryan to me. that's not live. Oh he yeah. 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 To, oh, now he's back. Hold on. Don't tell him I put that up I'm there. So, and it's, like it, so it's, it's kind of funny, you know, I, I guess <laughs> kind of how, how we had the, have the same relationship, uh, uh, Nate, you know, that's kind of how me and Ray had a relationship as well too, you know, just, you know, bouncing ideas and all that fun stuff. But it was, you know, funny, your idea, I, I loved the, you, in my opinion, you were bringing a very, uh, a recovering superintendent approach to lawn care where you're like, I'm going to do three applications, but I'm going to bill for six right because i'm going to run like combinations and you're like how am i going to maximize my dollar with the least amount of effort because you had been operating under a system where you maximize your effort and they minimize your dollar right and so you were like i'm going to do this the opposite of the way i've been doing it for the last 10 15 <laughs> years or whatever and so See, i, I get still that. think that can work though I think that can work. Here, not not the why, three for six. Not the three for six. Not the three for six. But okay, <laughs> you you go ahead. You go first. You go first. Let me hear you, so I can give it back to you. <laughs> oh, am, oh, sorry. I thought you were going to talk. You're up. You're up. You're up. <laughs> okay. You're up. My my point is is that as you 
in, especially on the front end of lawn care relationships of, of client provider relationships, they want to see you there. Even if you're not doing anything and you just go walk the property and you never put a damn thing on it and you hang a bill, like that's totally okay. That is totally okay. They just want to see you there. And, uh, and, and so yes, you can probably get it done agronomically and have an, have, you know, pretty damn good looking yards with the way fertilizer technology it is to do it in three applications over a six month, seventh month growing season. But the people just want to see you there. And especially, you know, that first year, you, you know, you kind of ride a wave until you get the lawn seeded and make sure, you know, from that point forward, after you seed it, right, that's where you can do all your repair work and kill all your Dallas grass, which we have to deal with. I know you don't, Ryan, but um, that's, a, that's a big one here is that, you know, these, these lawns will get eaten up with 15, 20% Dallas grass. And, uh, and you know, as it, as it goes dormant, you know, it leaves these giant bare spots in the yard and then the Dallas grass comes out of dormancy and it just looks like total hell. And, and so, yeah, you're fertilizing it throughout that course of the year, but you're not really making it look like your property until you kill the Dallas grass out. You get some new seed in, it looks nice and uniform and clean. And then, then, you know, people will lessen up on you and if they see you less frequently, then they're not worried about it. But as long as they've got seed heads that grow two feet, you know, four days after they mow, they want to see you out there doing something with it. You know, you, you get out there and you squirt it with something that turns orange, it never dies. And then finally by the fall, when they're starting to think in the back of their head, like, you know, damn it, are they going to get rid of this or what? You go out there and you spray it with glyphosate and it kills it deader in a doornail. And they're like, oh yeah. And then a week later you're showing up and you're putting down seed and they're like, oh yeah. And then the next spring when it just flushes out and looks absolutely phenomenal, you know, they could care less about seeing you anymore. But that, that first year, that rapport, that relationship between the client and the provider, they just want to see you and know you're there addressing these concerns. See, I don't disagree with you there, and I think that that's kind of how you you build it, right? Is that you you have sort of those first year customers that you're trying to basically get their lawn. Uh, what Ray? How do we want to say this? Uneft, unthrusted, right? Uh, unthrusted, because, exactly. Yes, because <laughs> there's some major major thrustage on a lot of these lawns. Let's be honest, okay. So you do that with them, but then you tell them, okay, hey, you know what? Every year beyond this, True Green wouldn't drop your price. You know, my competitor wouldn't drop their price. They would charge you the same thing. Let's say it's, you know, what, 600 bucks, 700 bucks for all these apps. Guess what? I'll knock 20% off and I'll do just as good of a job keeping it this way, you know, on a maintenance schedule, basically. And whatever that is, if that's year two, if that's year three, if that's year four, whatever. The point is to fade away, back off, still be there. I'll come out whenever you need me to come out. If there's something wrong, you pick up the phone, you call me. But I'm going to be here four times a year. Three fertilizer treatments, one weed control in the middle of the summer just to kind of take a look, make sure we didn't miss any crabgrass with our Dimension app, clean things up, make sure we're looking good and we're on point. But I also think, too, that this is not necessarily for your high-end folks. This might be starter home people. This might be second-tier neighborhoods, right? Like, you know, 30, 40-year-old homes, something like that, that maybe don't have the same expectations as a new build might have. So I think in the right market, and it definitely, this is a very market-driven thing of where you could be successful with this, you know? Um, and I think, I don't know Nate's city all that well, but it is sort of like this exurb of Pittsburgh. You know, it's it's a little further removed. And so there is that opportunity there where people are like, hey, I've got money, but I don't have like big city money. 
And maybe I want to get into something like that of I can see my cost declining, but I see my service and my lawn still looking banging, right? In year two, three, four, five, whatever. And you maintain that relationship. So I don't know, just a different way to think about it of not everybody. And the other thing too that I like about it is let's say that you build up this customer matrix of, you know, hey, we're going to try and grow first years by whatever percent. Now all your year two, three, four people, the people that are on that part of the program, right, that are only down to four apps instead of six, let's just say, you just increase your throughput on those people by 33%. So you can take on more of those customers. So maybe even if you pick those up midstream where their lawn is already unthrusted, you can put them in that program and still be making bank. So just a thought. That's a couple of things. I mean, I think you talked about this. You got to manage expectations, right? I mean, it's, I I call this evolution of lawn care, you know, especially when I first started out, the lawn was kind of crappy. You know, you you get a good balanced fertilizer on there. Things are growing, take care of the weeds, things thicken up. It looks, you aerate overseed, it looks great. All of a sudden, a couple of years go by, same thing. Well, what's this over here? Well, that's, that's poetry. You had that since the beginning, or this is, you know, this is tall fescue. It looks like crabgrass. No, it's tall fescue. It's been there since the beginning. They start, they start, they want more. Like there's only, you can only take turf grass so far, right? You can, there's limitations to how green a plant will be based on whatever you Absolutely. give it. I mean, this is, there's limitations. We talk, Matt talks about this. You get the NPK, right? And, you know, the, the, some of the biostimulants, you can take it a little bit further, but that's it. I mean, you, you max it out in certain things. So I'm like, well, we can, what do you call it, burn and return? Or what, what, how do you refer that to? It's killed off. And, <laughs> and re- what I was like, hey, I can come in here. We can round it all up. We can get some turf type tall fescue in here. And people are like, what's that? Well, I mean, turf type tall fescue has been around for some time, but, you know, it's more cold tolerant than it used to be. And, and uh, it, it's just – it. It comes down to managing expectations, right? I mean, that's just as a golf mm-hmm. course superintendent, it's the same thing. You you got to manage expectations. I mean, it's um, it, it's it's fun. And I saw um, Ty P said every lawn care company uses the same products. And Matt can Matt can attest to this for me. I started false, um, false. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I I personally get everything custom blended. Um, everything goes out to I've been buying. I tried to buy from. From Matt early on, we had some shipping issues because I couldn't get into my storage unit. Anyway, um, I, I, I dealt with Ferdy. I dealt with Turf Care Supply. And I literally, I get analysis. I actually, a couple of times I ran it by Matt. Here's what I would do. And 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 uh, I try to go more balanced, right? I try to do maintenance rates of, of, of P and K. I, I think it goes a long way into uh, having a healthy lawn. You might, you may, so... So tests would show you deficiencies, but I think as you do a more balanced, uh, a four to one to two NPK, I mean, you're going to hide a lot of those deficiencies, right? And, you know, I know you guys many times debate these soil tests, but, you know, the eye test is obviously number one, right? I mean, it has to pass the eye test before you go to the soil test, in, in my opinion. So, um, but just, like I said, going back to the polymer, I still use the polymer coated ureas. I just do more balanced. Um, I try to get some, some biosolids in there as a, as, as a kind of way to build some carbon in the soil, some more organics in there. I guess you can't call them organics, but um, you know what I'm saying, or I use a, a, a calcium, you know, calcium carbonate in there. It's just a way to get rid of crushed rock filler. I mean, I actually on, I think I know they post the, the video on there, but I did a video uh, on my face or my website where I took a, a scoop of a 1300 and I separated the urea from the crushed rock filler and it's it's just it's actually sickening. Yeah, there's much... like ten 
There's 10 <laughs> granules of urea and 100 granules of crushed limestone, you know, and, and you're just like, wow, this is, uh, there's not a lot of actual fertilizer here. No, you're, you're yes. paying for, for, for filler. So Pink not to go on a tangent like that. Sorry. No, you're, That's you're okay. good. And, and it, it, and a lot of times when, when, when you are in a situation where it feels like all the lawn care companies are doing the same thing and using the same products, um, that does exist. I'm not going to say that doesn't exist. Uh, however, there is, uh, that is, that is not true as a blanket statement because there are a shitload of applicators out there that, um, do all kinds of different things. You know, uh, like, like Nate has had great success using, and he's not using XCU, right? A 30 or 45 day release. You know, he's getting duration 90, duration 120 blended into things, you know, for a, for a long, slow, gradual, none of the up and down. It's, uh, you know, you're going for, for maintenance and having the P and K there to support the end rates that he's also applying and, you know, being, being sticklers about his P and K rates and making sure that if he does have extra space in the bag that gets utilized with something that is going to have agronomic value and not just stone that is, that is crushed up and thrown in there for weight in the bag, which is really what filler is, right? It is just stone that is ground up and screened and put into the bag to take up space and weight. <clears throat> and so there are people out there that do that. It may not be the majority, but there are people out there that do that. Nate is one of them, and that's probably why he's on the show and not trying to convince somebody that um, you know phosphite can replace the potassium in their program, kind of sort of deal. I appreciate that. You know, it's it's um, one thing about getting custom blended fertilizers too is that you know you have a minimum. I think uh, turf care supplies. I think might be six ton. You know, and other places are nine tons. It, it seems to get higher and higher every year, which is which is fine. Now that's that's where I'm at. But um, it only costs a couple dollars more a bag to get either, you know, lime like like you know actual lime in a bag or a biosolid. Um, you know, I know I don't know if you guys ever talked about biosolids and, and what's actually in them. I know Matt and I had the conversation, and you know, some of these are supposed to be better than others. I know I, I don't know the actual facts, but um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, but it definitely gives some agronomic benefit to using those versus just rock. Right. I mean, <laughs> you've ever seen someone that accidentally burned their own yard. You can actually dig in there and you see like, you know, there's 1500 rocks in a little spot where the, the grass is burned out. So um, it's easy to tell what happened there. So, you know, the, 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 I tell my clients and uh, I hope I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if other people do this as well is that, you know, I charge more money, but I tell my clients is like, listen, that more money that I'm charging you is actually going into your yard. It's not going to my pocket. It's going to your yard. So I think that, uh, it's a good selling point. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's the results, right? The results matter. And, and, uh, so far I'm able yeah, to produce getting... those and mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. You're, you're uh... getting the results. Uh, Nick, Nick, you, you're in his area. You're not pulling a um, you're not pulling a high pH soil test there. So um, that's why you could put together a blend that uses calcium carbonate in it. Uh, but I think I think we talked about calcium carbonate in blends, didn't we? Didn't we, uh, Nate? Yeah, yeah. You talk about how uh, you can have some uh, some volatilization uh, 
and and last year that might have happened i'm not sure but <laughs> um was is there i mean i actually i reached out to one of the one of the, the salesmen from uh ferdy uh, they're out there in connecticut actually i think they're all over the place connecticut canada and uh he you know he said no you said yes i'm in the middle so <laughs> Um, I well, think I'm, I can find a study that if you combine uh, calcium carbonate with urea, it will increase the volatilization rate of urea. If I'm recalling that correctly. But my, my guess, my I question think, is, if it's if it's if it's polymer coated, you know, is it still going to have the same kind of volatilization rate? My 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 speculation is no. If you have lime combined with polycoat urea and the lime has had a chance to dissipate in the soil and then the urea starts releasing from the polycoat, chances are that's going to achieve that delay between lime and nitrogen that I normally recommend. Because if we're, we're talking about polycoat, I normally don't expect polycoat to start releasing until 15 to 30 days after actual application, generally. And that to me is when I normally tell people, if you've got to throw down lime, throw it down now and then hold your fertilizer for at least a month. So you should be okay with your type of a blend where you have actual lime and a polycoat in the same bag. You should be all right. Uh, ammonia volatilization from lime, urea, ammonium nitrate suspensions before and after application. Uh, results indicate substantial losses of ammonia may occur where lime UAN suspensions are being prepared only if lime contains calcium oxide. After soil application, ammonia Losses can occur in the absence of calcium oxide if the lime UAN is allowed to remain on the soil surface. That's interesting. And then here's another one with ammonium sulfate. Um, losses from ammonium sulfate were greater when soils contain greater than 2% calcium carbonate. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I could I could dig through here and uh, send some of these to you. Or maybe we could just put it up on the show a little later. You would have to, well, you could, you're probably better at the math, like a, what I was, a 22, 5, 10, you know, 70% um, polymer coated duration 90. Uh, so, I mean, there wasn't that much calcium filler in the bag. I mean, there's, I don't know what yeah, to get to. I mean, <laughs> but at, at, the, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's better than in, in crushed rock filler. So, yes. Um, I saw uh, Andy Kelly asked a question about my fungicide program. And, and be honest with you, I, I don't do many fungicide applications. I know we're in Pittsburgh, you know, it's, it's been 85 degrees, uh, you know, anywhere from 80, 85 degrees, a lot of humidity. I really think a balanced approach helps push, you know, helps grow out, helps prevent. I think more potassium uh, is definitely more beneficial to, you're not going to prevent fungus per se, but you're going to help strengthen cell walls, help push root growth and help the turf recover. So, um you know, for fungicides, you know, I, I like exemplar. Um, most people aren't going to pay that kind of money for a product that lasts, uh, you know, 28 days guaranteed for a dollar spot, but you know, it, it's a great product. And, you know, and I tell other people in lawn care, you know, if it costs this much, just charge accordingly. I mean, 
don't try to get cheap on things that work really well. Cause you know, any kind of DMI, you're going to probably get 14 days in a long care, maybe 21, but exemplar is guaranteed 28. And I've done it in long and in, in, on fairways on golf courses. And I got 35, which is just incredible for a product. Uh, you know, in my opinion, especially dollar spot, which as a golf course superintendent, you know, that's what you're getting that after a rain and a little bit of humidity, you're getting dollar spot pressure really, really hard. So, um, Anyway, I just want to answer that question. That was a great, that was a great answer. There's another one. What are your guys' favorite summer granular ferts for a balanced maintenance program? Uh, I wish I could give a one size fits all approach. Um, I can't, I won't, uh, it, because there are so many different variabilities, soil structure, how much rainfall do you get? Do you irrigate? What's your soil pH? <clears throat> uh, what is, what does your soil test look like? <clears throat> those are, those are kind of the things that if you're going to make a, a, a recommendation, you know, that's, that's always a, a, an ideal starting point of, well, where you should start. But <clears throat> If you just had to grab one off the shelf, you know the old the old sixteen four eight, uh, you know the the absolute cheapest sixteen four eight you can find. It's guaranteed to turn things green. Set it for G for green and L for lush. <laughs> <laughs> you love that one. Depending do, on man. you love that one. No, what are your thoughts on the potassium source though? Do you think it's worth the extra cost to go SOP versus MOP? I mean. As, as a ex-fertilizer blender and other guys that use the fertilizers, what I've been doing personally is I, I put about 10% each bag. And I, I to save a couple of costs, I've been doing 50-50, 50% SOP, 50% MOP. Do you think that's worth Actually, the savings? Here's my thought on it. Here's my thought on it. If you are in a region where you do not have... Contam contamination by chlorides, you know, present in the background. Small amounts of chlorides can be beneficial in terms of disease resistance. So I'm not saying to go ahead and salt out your turf. <laughs> I am saying that you are able to apply moderate amounts of potassium chloride and not have detrimental effect. And uh, the first place that I heard of this from is from, they were doing work on wheat and wheat gets take all disease, by the way, guys. Mm -hmm. And one of the mitigating agronomic factors is if you are in a region or area that doesn't get chlorides from say the ocean potassium chloride added to the fertilizer program will serve to help mitigate take all it's not a cure for it but yeah. it helps reduce it so I'd, I'd have no problems with it in your case so of course me where i'm at i am on a chloride ban I don't want any chlorides because I, I have so many parts per million sodium chloride in my soil, whether I want it or not. <laughs> Nate, Johnny Fescue said, do you have a target material cost per acre that you try and keep things at? 
Yeah, so I mean, this is gonna go, people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I, I try to say around $2.50 per thousand on average. Now I'm making five applications uh, as part of my program. Uh, it's basically every time. So what I've been doing is is more of a, a, a four to one to two NPK ratio in the spring. Um, actually, I'm sorry, let me go back there. I did a one, I did a 15, I ran a 15, six, 15 uh, with dimension. Um, this spring twice. Then I went to a 22, 5, 10 with 120 day, I think 50 for 50 or 60% is 120 day polymer urea. The rest is like a, a 90 day and a, and a 60 day. Um, and then I, I, I ran, I'm running right now is a 0, 0, 10 with SOP. Um, and it's a calcitic lime. Um, there's that less than 1% humic acid on it. But, um, and then the fall, I'll probably run more of a, yeah. <laughs> in the fall, I run more of a probably like a 25, 5, 10, a um, little, little less balanced, but I figured I have a lot, I put a lot of K down. You know, I, I, I put roughly, you know, a two, two and a half pounds of K down in a, in a growing season, which is, wow. you know, probably a lot, a lot more than most people do. Um, that being said, you know, my target cost per thousand is roughly 250 so $120 an acre. Uh, is 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 my is my product cost, and that includes weed control as well. So, um, I, I like I said, you, you kind of get what you pay for. Um, you know, the custom blends you pay a little bit more for because you're going to register through the state, especially if you do like a, a combo with Dimension or um, you know, Celeprin or you know, Mount Lambda by Fenthrin, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of these you can do and. In my opinion, I know some people will spread a granular fertilizer and then spray their insecticide. To me, it's worth the cost to just put them all together. I mean, sometimes you don't get the best control. Um, I know, Matt, you talk about this spraying uh, dimension or pre-emergent or barricade or dimension as much more efficient than it is putting on a granular. But the fact that I'm doing two granular split applications, I kind of cover my bases there. Um, so, you know, I guess the short answer is $120 an acre. It's a long ex uh, explanation for that, but uh, roughly $2.50 per thousand square feet. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of go back to the potassium topic. And it's interesting. I was looking up yeah. all the commodities earlier today. And boy, man, if don't nobody look up fertilizer commodities right now, because you are going to want to uh, do do the bed. Um, cause boy, it is, uh, it is not looking good. And I was looking at pretty far out futures contract too, even in off seasons like February and stuff. And they are still, uh, pretty, pretty sky high. So good luck going into next year. <clears throat> um, <laughs> oh man, I so do I'm, not I'm, miss the stress of that. It is. Oh, so I just feel so bad. Yeah. So even, I'm guessing even, that. Muriate of potash is up over 100% year over year right now. And I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, like, golly. And Nutrient bought another mine and shut it down, um, you know, like similar to what they did up in Canada. And, uh, and you know, they've got a business to run and they need Muriate of potash to be profitable. And I, I get it. And sometimes you got to do that to, to be profitable. Um, but, um, you know, unfortunately, that also uh, supply and demand drives up the cost of, of potash as well. Um, yeah, Some I saw OPEC compass mineral, right compass mineral, uh, un, unpacked a, a vein of, of, uh, lithium or one of the, one of the materials mine used to produce lithium batteries. And I know that's, 
the the diversion of of force going into that is going to uh, put a put a real tight hamper on the SOP market too. I was reading about that as well. So potash prices already, you know, um, are brutal, uh, and and it looks like going into next year, it's going to be uh, even more brutal than what you've been used to. Plus the cost of urea, urea spot prices in the Gulf right now are at four hundred and forty bucks a ton. So you know, the wow. absolute cheapest, the absolute cheapest you're going to be able to touch it when the New Orleans spot price is at 440 is probably 650 a ton would be the bare minimum you could buy it. And that's if you're buying like bulk, uh, if you're getting it bagged, you know, you can add onto that and that's buying it from somebody that's only going to be marketing it up maybe 20%. If you've got that kind of relationship and that kind of volume that, you know, you're, you're only getting your sales guide 20% margin. And let me tell you, if your sales guy's marketing it up 20%, he ain't making money on it. Uh, he's, he's making pennies on it. So they're doing you a giant favor there. So it's, uh, anyway, commodities are wrecked beyond that back to the potash conversation. And I think it also kind of ties into um, what you were saying about granular pre-emergence. So many of the decisions I made treating lawns have to do with how much of a head case I am. You know, I've got all these psychosomatic <laughs> things that go on in my brain, <laughs> um, like granular pre-emergent, right? I just, you know, the, the, the one time I went out with granular pre-emergent, I, I had a mental breakdown and ended up spraying my second round because psychologically I just couldn't handle the aesthetic of a, of a granular pre-emergent especially when I would dump a bag into my hopper and like half the bag is yellow and the other half is like a, a, a burnt brown or something, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but this is not granular pre-emergent and I don't feel comfortable spreading this and I'm not convinced I'm going to get those kind of results. Kind of the same thing as you start moving into um, uh, uh, potash. You know, I've got this thing about moving into the summer months and managing salt index levels, Right. Uh, because already I'm trying to grow tall fescue in 90 plus degree weather for, uh, you know, 90 days, 100 days a year. And I don't want to apply any greater salt index than I need to during that time frame because, uh, you know, salting out a lawn when it's, you know, 95 degrees outside is never a good thing. It takes a long time to correct and it can be the end of your season on that lawn, right? Because you salt it out, it may not recover until fall. And, you know, you're pretty much, you go to go treat the lawn and they're like, well, it's, it's all brown. You know, you turn it green. You're like, well, no, but you know, I still got a billable <laughs> app I need to get on you. So I'm going to come treat it, <laughs> you know, and then, and then you have to sleep at night and it gets all in my head. So I like, I like, I feel safer. I sleep better at night you know, spending the extra money on the sulfate of potash and not having midnight terror teeth grinding sessions afraid that, uh, you know, I salted out a yard basically is, uh, is, is kind of my logic behind that. Any kind of competitive advantage I can give the grass, any kind of stress mitigation I can give the grass. And sometimes that's just mitigating, uh, the salt index of the products you apply. Right. I agree with that. I mean, I, it, same thing here is like for, and it's totally different, right? I'm I'm in a different um, sector than lawn care, right? And and I don't look at it as much of a commodity, right? So, um, for me, the same same thing as Matt is like I, I I'm looking to eliminate and or mitigate any risk I can, and to me that's an easy one to just, that's a low hanging fruit. Like, okay, Hey, 
SOP, MOP, that's an easy decision, right? So I do a lot of custom blends too. And it, it really, you know, here in central Ohio, a lot of times what we find is you do need that balanced approach, right? So it's closer to a 111 or like a, a 312 or something like that. Like it's, it's not the typical four to one to two that, you know, is that hopefully unicorn soil that you find that you can just sit there and maintain. I agree with you though, Nate, like it's a great way to mask, right? I mean, it's a great way to uh, go out there and you can cover up a lot of that stuff. And and I don't mean that in a way of like, you're doing something wrong. I just mean, it's like, Hey, if, if I'm going to looking to do this the most economical way possible, be competitive. This is a, this is a very simple and agronomically sound way to do it. So, you know, on the subject of, spreading um you know the the pre-emergence or anything that's soil applied i look at that too as uh okay okay a good example nate you talked about the one and dones you know so um let me think which manufacturer lebanon has a really nice one and done uh, i like a little bit more than the polycoat it's a methex so it really doesn't kick in it's a methylene urea it doesn't really kick in till summertime so you really get going. So if you do your, you know, the back end of hell your fall, yeah. the previous year ride, hell yeah. Uh, if you do the back end of your fall right, you should ride that wave clear up until on cool season here in the Midwest until, you know, mid-May, right? Until uh, spring flush and things start seeding out and then it's going to take a big crap on you. Well, that's when that methex will kick in as soil temperatures increase. It's a great product. But if you look at it, right, so we're just talking about you know, not just necessarily pounds on the ground, but the coverage that you're going to get. Jay Pink, I'm going to share this with you. You can throw this up. Here it comes to you in the chat. Boom. There it is. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Oops. Hold on. Uh, okay. Particles per square no, no, inch. No, no, no. no. It's not, <laughs> not, not, not. No, don't put up the pissing pick. Don't do that. Don't know. That's the wrong oh, thing. Right? I thought you were trying to be the wrong. <laughs> already Gosh. Gosh. good lord not the yellow discipline you can't do that okay hold on. <laughs> hold, on. Hold, hold on hold up hold up who's throwing 300 sgn out where do you get that at so okay so uh, this is a, this is an experiment. <laughs> it's easy to find down south that's in fact it's hard to find 200 or 180 where i live it it, it is it's oh really very difficult to find where i live yeah hey be, be, not to, not to interrupt quick question though uh, while you're figuring this out um can, how big can urea get per se matt i mean how big can, can you get like a 400 i mean is that possible or is there oh, limitations yeah. yeah 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 so the first yara amitas truck that showed up in the united states showed up between a 300 and 500 sgn there was marbles in there marbles can, can you polycode uh, no, you could not polycode it because then it would be a 600 SGN and it would literally be a half inch in <laughs> diameter. Um, and the horrible and thing done. about it was, <laughs> you know, you, you would bring it in in, in one decade. You, so first off, they would charge you an arm and a leg to put it in bulk bags instead of just taking it as raw bulk, right? This was the most hygroscopic fertilizer in the entire world. This makes calcium nitrate or potassium nitrate or ammonium nitrate look like a joke, right? Because you could take a bulk bag and set it in a, a covered area, a garage, a bin, or whatever, and you could melt out. You would literally dissolve, due to the humidity in the air, a 1,000 pounds in days. 
a thousand pounds of urea sulfate or you know urea ammonium sulfate the 4000 you could dissolve a thousand pounds in days just from atmospheric moisture it was unbelievable how terrible that material was now i believe they've got all that fixed and uh and they're not they're not bringing that in on their vessels anymore and i i think um oh that coating specialist down in florida developed a a special coating to help with the um uh hygroscopicity of that product uh to cut that down because it was literally <laughs> melting I like into how oblivion. you enunciated all these syllables in that word because it's so I difficult think, to say hygroscopicity is that right I, I hygroscopicity think, yeah, I, that I'm is not, correct I'm not gonna Hydros, hydro, 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 hydro. And here's the here's what happens. I have the language of origin. You, you have hygroscopic materials. What I find manufacturers doing yeah. is they end up coating the prill or the granule with massive amounts of oil and wax. In fact, uh, I had to kind of. Uh, chew out the people at uh, Simplot a little bit because they were they were giving me 2600 that had so much wax on it that it was actually plugging my filters and for those of you that don't know what 2600 no. is 2600 is ammonium nitrate sulfate but I told them hey this is a nice product, but you gotta cut down on the wax because yeah. I'm not I'm not making candles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not but, making candles, okay? But if you if you do want some candle wax on the erogenous zones, Ray could do that in the uh, shit kicker package. <laughs> right? So that's, I can that's scrape totally the bottom separate. of my tank and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Go back to that. Go back to that graphic real quick, because I want I want to highlight this real quick. Does so, does audience you know, you know talk... what SGN means? I'm sorry, I don't interrupt, but I I jumped so, in there like okay. SGN. Yeah, I just I don't. Yeah, I, so, I just want to. The audience Matt, knows. Go over Holy size okay. guide number real real quick, just for fun. Yeah, thirty SGN, seconds or less. SGN is just the particle size, and you'll see it in different ways. So you have like a standard measurement, which is like millimeter, right? And so basically. SGN is uh, hundreds of, uh, so a 300 SGN is a three millimeter average particle size among amongst your, your product, right? Uh, so 180 SGN would be an average of 1.8 millimeter particle size across, if you did a particle size distribution test of all the fertilizer prills in your bag. Great explanation. All right. So the lower Thank the you. SGN, the smaller the product. Lower the SGN, the smaller the product. So real quick for the folks at home, typically on putting greens that are mowed at hundred thousands of an inch, just like uh, Nate was talking about at the top of the show, uh, you might see an SGN somewhere between 80 and no more than 100. For fairway height, that's going to be somewhere between a quarter and let's just say nine sixteenths of an inch. You might see something that is somewhere between 125 and 180 SGN. For rough or high cut turf, as we see it in lawn care, golf course rough, sports turf, things like that, anywhere from 180 up to about 240. 
right? So those are your ranges. You break them all down very basically. Okay. You think anybody with a golf course lawn knows that? Probably not, but we do. So F them. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> all right. So here, this is a really, this is a really cool thing. This is a a, a talk that uh, Brad Jakubowski, who is a PhD candidate over at uh, Penn State, Penn State actually, we are, we are Penn State. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I teach you up I'm on surprised. the hair. I'm surprised the guy would say that though. No, I appreciate oh, that. Oh, hey, but... you know, hey, hey, you know what? The other 364 days of the year, I'm all for you guys, but the one day. <laughs> Yeah, I, forget about it. I, okay, I appreciate it. Y'all are mentally ill. If you, Go win if some I games. told you, I want you to, I want you to take <laughs> your shirt off. Go win and some Rocky games. Top. Take your shirt off and sing Rocky Top. God Where bless said it. I was born on Rocky Top down in the Tennessee Hills. All right. All right. We're not at kneeling and it's not at night, and you haven't had a whole bottle of Fireball to warm up, so you're not there yet. All right. So. <laughs> Look and count at how many pearls on the bottom here. So the bottom of this uh, graph here is the 300 SGN. So you got like what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pearls, right? In a square foot. And then on our, uh, this is going to be, uh, what is it? 180 SGN on the other one. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like triple the coverage, maybe quadruple the coverage. Okay. And the whole point of this is like, you know, Nate, you were talking about, lower sg or excuse me the one and done products five dollars more a bag right five dollars so 20 bucks an acre right because we're four bags at the acre so 20 bucks more i can have four times at least the, the amount of coverage or better coverage than i do over a standard pro product so in those cases i would always tell folks hey absolutely if you can find it and if you can get it go for the lower sgn product because you're going to have even that much more efficacy if it's a soil applied product specifically for, let's just say, uh, pre-emergent in this case. So that's my feeling always when I'm when I'm talking to folks or you know thinking about programs of my own is if there's one thing I'm going to make sure I get, you know, hey, twenty bucks an acre versus a callback to come back and spray out crabgrass, which who the hell wants to do that and try and control crabgrass in the middle of summer when it's past the four tiller stage, right? Let's go ahead and do it and try it. So we got a solution, we got a solution like for that. that. Yeah, Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Do you no, guys ever use pile? You guys ever use pile driver? I just sprayed Can pile someone... driver today. Pile driver is right. oh, you say pile driver. <laughs> pile driver is a it's an Ohio that's an Ohio State invention. That's Dr. Dave Gardner at Ohio State. Pile driver is the half rate of Pilex and the half rate of drive. So 1.5 fluid ounces per acre of Pilex combined with, uh, what would that be? 0.74 fluid ounces, I think, of uh, drive accelerate with MSO and you get pile driver and you can take out oh. crabgrass, boom. Just in one application. See, I, I actually do a full rate of both. And I don't, I don't, do I have to? I don't know, but it works very well, so. <laughs> If some is good, more hey. is gooder. More, more is well, more, yes. And I mean, as good is well, better. You, know, you see, when doing tank mixes, better. I don't deliberately, you know, cut products way below their label rate. I don't. I just send it, you know, 
as is, and uh, grass gets a little yellow. My unfortunate, <laughs> it'll grow back. Gets because, a little white uh, in that aspect. Gets a little white. But then, hey, live yeah, with but, it. Deal with it. <laughs> you can seriously clean some stuff up real quick, though, with pile driver, man. I'll tell you what. It is people that are not using it. Like, drive on its own is pretty much worthless. Nah. You know? Nah. You need two applications, yeah, at least. Worthless. At least two yeah. applications, yes. With the back to this particle uh, per square inch uh, graph here, uh, the one thing that I think would highlight this too would be if you're in this where you start moving into real funky stuff is homogenous versus blended fertilizer. Oh, 100%. and the prill distribution oh, of the small ingredients, right? Because you're talking about 300 SGN or 400 SGN material, and you've got a 400 SGN chunk of iron sucrate uh in there yeah so you're you're spreading a two percent iron sucrate or two percent iron oxide which is already worthless right it's i mean literally go look at the studies they're worthless but you you spread it and it, over a square foot you have two three four maybe five prills in a square foot and you're supposed to get an even distribution of iron release across that and that is a tough thing to accomplish, right? Um, but you talk about getting into a real weird debate. That's you're you're kind of you're moving into you're moving into well, never-ending argument territory there. Isn't this that whole you know micronutrients video that you did about you know the how do I want to say this right? Like the the bells and whistles that get put into fertilizer labeling that don't necessarily help the end user to achieve their goals. Right. You know, so. Yes. So uh, if you, if you, if you spread uh, an, an ammonium sulfate with, uh, with 16% iron oxide, right. And then directly next to it, you spread just a 1600 with ammonium sulfate. And you compare the two side by side, how much of a visual impact is the one with 16% iron going to have? Almost negligible if you can notice anything at all. Now, imagine you took a 16% iron uh, uh, EDTA and you sprayed it over that area while you spread your ammonium sulfate at the same rate that you were applying that iron oxide you would have such extreme iron toxicity. The grass wouldn't just turn black. It would evaporate. Like it would go away <laughs> into outer space. It would go back into the ground and grow into the dirt and disappear. And, and everyone would be like, I don't understand. Wait, you know, I put it down. <laughs> Wait, it's where? Too perfect. It's too perfect for the grass to disappear on the terrapretta. Okay. Get um, beamed up. Oh, yeah. It did get you know, you yeah, it's it's just one of those. It's on the bag. It makes you feel good. You feel like you're accomplishing something. But if you ran it right next to ammonium sulfate, you would see that you're spending money on nothing to accomplish nothing. And uh, yes. and versus if you yes. if you if you sprayed it, you realize that what you're doing is so incredibly toxic uh, that you know you're like, oh my god, I should have never have done that. I've literally made grass disappear overnight, you know, kind of sort of deal. So yes, it does right. kind of go back into that. And it makes people feel good. And it ties into your statement of the four reasons why you buy something. Right. 
Oh yeah, we we'll, we'll go over that with. I think I think Nate will really appreciate that. I'll 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 throw that up here in a minute. Real quick, last thing from Brad Jacobowski at Penn State. Go Nathan Lions. We are all that stuff. Yeah, we are. Yeah, all that stuff. I'm good with it. it it's it's fine. Seriously, I I have no I have no hate, no animosity, other than that one day a year. So okay, uh, throw this up. So this is interesting. So this is the 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 data right when they break it down by SGN and by pounds of product per acre, right? So he's just looking here at the four pound rate, which is about 175 pounds of the acre, right? So look at the distribution of particles per square inch when we go from, let's just say 150, okay? Which is a, which is a normal fairway size for, right? As far as SGN goes down to 215. So again, it's about three X, that we're getting three X better coverage that we're getting with that product. So, you know, you look at that at $20 an acre, right? $5 a bag, uh, on the breakdown, generally speaking, let's just say it's eight, even if it's $32 an acre to me, it's worth it. I don't know what you all say, but Ray, Ray, what would you say to this? And again, we're in, you, you, you can kind of, extrapolate on your situation and maybe what a cool situation season situation might look like when you see this. Well, when I see this, this would be why I tell everybody that I, you know, that I, that asks me if you are not putting down what's called greens grade or SGN 80 to hundred fertilizer, you are wasting your time and your money. And by the way, Nate, this chart here demonstrates why almost 100% of my applications are liquid. And you know why they're liquid? I'm sorry, you said, do I, do I spray liquid? Yeah, you don't know. I'm, I'm, I do, do you know why my applications are all liquid? Well, I, I guess... It directly applies to the plant, so I mean it's more efficient. Um, no. Unfortunately, though, height of cut, height of cut, neat, height of cut. Oh, you guys are everything at a quarter inch. Well, okay, it's warm season cut. Okay, it's warm season I cut. See. Yeah, fairway height or lower, fairway okay, height or makes... lower, and so, and so, what happens when, even if somebody can get like a 125 or 150 SGN product on say something that's about a half inch height of cut, this can cause what I call the, this effect that I call the green Dalmatian effect. And what the green Dalmatian effect is, that's what happens when fertilizer granules land far apart and the grass only gets green from the NPK yeah. in those spots that the that the granules landed, the rest of the, the lawn See, just but, looks like a green Dalmatian. <laughs> Ray's li all liquid approach. I love it. It is literally it is literally the ball gag of turf grass management because you can tell the turf to shut up and do what you want. Right? I'm going to shut you up and I'll make <laughs> you do what I want. It's some masochist <laughs> stuff right there. If, Ray's into. And, and Hang on, let me let me clarify some things. If there are some people on here that hear this, that if you know, and are having a complete nervous breakdown, <laughs> if you're if you're maintaining four inch tall fescue right right now, 
and you're running <laughs> yeah, 250, yeah. 300 SGN fertilizer, you're okay. It's it's four inch tall okay. fescue. You're you're gonna be fine. If you've got Kentucky <laughs> bluegrass at an inch and a quarter, an inch and a half, you probably want to start considering pretty quickly to Holy uh, shit, uh, shit, <laughs> shit. <laughs> lushy, lushy. I didn't even see your uh, earlier super chat until just a minute ago, and I asked, "What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Would you stop?" <laughs> I will take my shirt off and sing Rocky Top. For, for money because I've reached that point in my life. Okay. That's where I'm at right now. So don't, don't make me do that. Um, It'll be on the UP Facebook page tomorrow. Hey, if you do that, I don't mind. Um, but, but it, so anyway, if you've got four inch tall grass and if you're one of those, if you're one of those people that Ray earmuffs, earmuffs, mute, mute your ears. If you're one of those people that has four inch tall Bermuda grass, it's perfectly okay to put down your 300 SGN uh, uh, Agfert. It's you're gonna be yeah. fine. Uh, uh, I'll say this is that uh, again. This this is a question I, I had for uh, Nate. Actually, is like you know you mentioned fungicides. That was one of the questions I had. Is like you know where do you find? And this is an interesting interesting thought here just because not because i had it but more of because of what's out there in the marketplace today where do you think you can draw the line at 250 a square foot let's just say because clearly that's what's working right like you're you're getting great results holy shit i love <laughs> I, I love that i love it um draw the line and say hey for this amount of money this is really good turf and whatever eight nine times out of ten through a summer you know a normal summer here in southeastern pennsylvania or excuse me southwestern pennsylvania this is going to be a good lawn if i use these products and follow this program what is that line that folks you know at home that are watching this can say that hey do i really need to spray this or that or do i really need to spread this or that because you're not doing a lot of the stuff that's being marketed right now on youtube and on the internet and other places i don't think and it sounds like it's a pretty, I don't want I, I don't mean to sound, um, you know, to make it a pejorative that you have a basic program, but I think it's following basic agronomy. So what, what is that for you that you've learned over those years of, of being in lawn care? That's like, Hey, like this is enough. This is okay to where I know I'm going to have a really good result. Well, I think the first thing is greener isn't always healthier, right? I mean, oh, I can tell. Amen to that. Amen to I can that. I can tell, um, <laughs> uh, you know, when I have a client, you know, I have a, I, so most of my clients, I, I, I get the neighbor. That's kind of how I grow my business. Like most people that, you know, their lot looks good. I, Hey, give me a quote. You know, and then all of a sudden you'll see a neighbor over there. And this thing is like, it's, it's mid July. And this thing is greener than green. I'm like, I can tell that guy's throwing malorganite down at like mm -hmm. 20 pounds per thousand. Like, it's just, you can just tell. And it's just, it, you know, so uh, greener Holy isn't always shit. mean healthier, I, I guess is the best way of putting that. So, um, you know, more isn't better either as well. So uh, I, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't really, I didn't know much about the whole YouTube thing of lawn care until I met Matt. And then I, I kind of did watch some videos and Matt would send me some videos and satire and say, look at this guy. <laughs> We'd laugh about it and say, yeah, don't want to do that. Um, 
but that, that being said, um, you know, I think, you know, NPK is the most important part in any program. You can't mm-hmm. do anything else until you get the NPK right. And in your soil city, I think. Um, I know people, you guys dig into soil tests and look at everything. But again, I go back to the eye test as well. I mean, I've, I've had fairways that show terrible results on a soil test, but they perform well. So, you know, did I correct those issues? Not really. I just kind of kept going what I was doing and and, and uh, they made it through the season. So, I mean, I guess theoretically they could get a couple degrees better if I were to correct some 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 NPK issues. But for the most part, you know, certain inputs was enough to, to, to get it healthy. You know, I guess going back a step, golf is different in the fact that we're talking about playability, right? We're not talking about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Long care is aesthetics. Golf is playability. So, you know, when it comes to, I talked about this earlier, firm and fast is a big thing that was pot, was brought up in, in probably like late 90s, early 2000s. Hey, we want balls to bounce off a fairway and roll 30, 40 yards. Even, you know, we went to roll in the rough 30, 40 yards, which isn't attainable, but um, we want greens to bounce and roll off. And we want all this stuff until you give them firm and fast greens. And then all of a sudden, hey, that's, that's a terrible pin location. You can't put that pin there. <laughs> no, that's a good pin location. The, the, the greens are just rolling oh, 12 yeah. right now. The greens are rolling 12, and you don't know how to put a green rolling 12 right now. So yeah, um, yeah. don't blame that. On, don't put that on me. You <laughs> so. had a you had a 85-footer for per, birdie, dude. Like, that, yeah, your make percentage yeah. on that is below single digits. Yeah, so like I said, golf and lawn care are, are two different animals, and um, – yeah, but like, I mean, going back to it, 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 it's just, I think it's, keep it simple, you know, NPK. I'm a big proponent of, of, of slow release fertilizers or control release. You talk about methylene urea. That's a great product. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm kind of stuck on the polymer coated. I mean, some of the people listen to this, this, this might not know what those are, but like, if you go to Lesco or uh, I'm sorry, site one, a lot of those products will have like a 20 or 30% polymer coated or they call it what poly plus. You'll see on the bag, it'll say yep. 30% poly XCU. plus. So XCU, whatever it may be. But I'm, I'm on, I'd rather do 60, 70% XCU or, or polymer coded than the 30%. That's just, I'd like to shift everything that way. So, um, but I don't know if I answered your question. I, I tend to. No, no, no. It was, it was, yeah. it was good. I mean, uh, <laughs> it sick. Ray, uh, this, no, this is, this is like the flip side of this. And this is what I, I really want to ask. Is Ray, if you had to simplify, like if somebody gave you a budget of two dollars and fifty cents, like if this is some like HGTV shit, you know, and you got to get it down to two fifty a square foot for the season, what are you banking on? Like, what are your what are your products? What are your practices? And 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 you can look at this from again, you know, Nate's in a cool season scenario, so like obviously his over the view and a twelve month climb, but from a warm season and what you would anticipate on a cool season what would be your basic what would you hang your hat on <laughs> the, uh, Ryan, here's what I I'd hang my kind of started to chop there you might have to restate it once more oh boy okay oh, I, I, I'm saying you know, you're still chopping but I think Ray heard okay. Hell okay yeah. here's what I would do I would literally Bank my entire program on Yara 16, 15, 15. And 
after that, uh, weeds, tough shit, nematodes, tough shit, insects, tough shit, because there's literally no way in the world I can manage a high quality warm season lawn for anything less than $10 per thousand square foot per month. Damn. It just doesn't just doesn't happen. Nate just got hard. Damn, yeah, my keyboard left over. Three bad. applications a year. <laughs> Bills for seven. So right, and, you and, deal with nemo- and it's, so ne- I deal, nematodes. Yeah, I deal with nematodes. Yeah, I because I had problems even in cool season grass. Uh, we had some nematode problems. I don't know if if uh, it's extremely if, if, common in Hawaii. It's super common. It's like I'll tell you what. So happened. you use like like aden- adenif- Is it identify? Is that one of the nematodes Indemnify. that came out? It was like indemnify. Yeah, yeah. Indemnify. No, tell Can someone tell tell the tell the listeners what that costs per per acre? The treat isn't it like eighteen hundred an acre or something. Was it something stupid? It was yeah, eighteen hundred per 18... acre. Jesus, eighteen hundred per eighteen hundred <laughs> per acre. But there's a hack for that in that you can get the same active ingredient in a product called Exteris Stress Guard. Yes. However, here's where it works out. Nematodes cause a triad of turf decline, infection by Pythium, and infection by rhizoctonia. So I'm dealing with multiple problems at once. So to get the most bang for my buck and not have to charge, say, $50 my cost per thousand square foot, I incorporate Exteris into my treatment program. Because... Here's what happens when you apply the annual maximum of Exteris, you are applying the nematicide rate of fluopyrin. Mm. Okay, when you when you apply label maximum on Exteris, that's what that's what you're doing. That's equivalent to the full label rate of indemnify. So are you Pre- are you are you proactive treating before, or you wait till you have problems, test, send out samples, and then treat? I mean, that, that has to be really expensive to do it proactively. Uh, actually, uh, Nate, understand something. I'm in a region where sod costs four dollars a square foot. Wow, two thousand a pallet, baby. Four bucks a square foot, and the kind of and customers you can't pay with that, that cocaine. And the kind I of, beg to the differ, kind of I beg to differ. The kind of customers that I have, a lot of them remember exactly how much their sod costed, and it's not uncommon for people to tell me uh, that this lawn costed forty thousand dollars to install. Or this lawn costed 
even $10,000 to install and I can't afford to do it again because I'm on a fixed income. Aren't we all so, on a fixed income though? Like really? Like sort of, kind of, in a way? Like you a live bit? in Hawaii. I have no sympathy for your fixed income or your nematode eaten yard. Go to hell. Speak of, anybody anybody <laughs> get their, child, their child tax credit yet? I mean, I, I got a deposit for our child tax credit. <laughs> I thought, I, there you go. Did you get one? I think I did. I, th- I saw that in the bank today. I, I thought about having another one, but then I realized that I've already <laughs> already been clipped, so it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> I ran outside and showed it to the repo man. And was like, "Ha ha! I'm rich. I'm going. Yeah, go away." Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of expensive costs, real quick, uh, it, and I think I think it's worth touching on. You know, Johnny Fescue was talking about uh, the the pricing on Fescue that he's getting quoted yeah. this year, and uh, and why uh, seed prices are so high. Um, there have been multiple years of bad weather in uh, seed production, and uh, it like has five, led three. to. Yeah, it has led to uh, major shortages. And if you think this year is bad, next year is going to be even worse, right? Because we're about to under undergo harvest. And um, yeah, next year is where, like, it, yeah, it's going to be not even comparable to what I was this told year uh, is this year. I'll give you an example. So here there is a supplier that probably probably sells somewhere in the neighborhood of a, oh, probably about a hundred truckloads a year. So that's, yeah. 24,000 tons, right? Or uh, what is that? Right. Is that right? No, 2,400 tons, 2,400 tons of seed. And, um, they're telling me on that volume They've got eight thousand pounds of ryegrass left for the rest of the year. It's July fifteenth. If you don't get that, you ain't getting ryegrass. Who's 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 planting ryegrass? By the way, question. Uh, the asshole in Ohio that's got two. Yeah, I was going to say everybody in over- Canada. Uh, over- I forgot overseeding. Yes, golf course overseeding. My fault. I'm not that far removed. I got I got two two Bermuda grass fields, well three Bermuda grass fields here to oversee. So, yeah. Matt Matt talked about blue muda. Why don't you have you tried it? Blue muda. Uh, we we, we, we experimented. I, about it. Oh. I I think <laughs> I think it can be done. There there's that's a whole that's an after show topic. We can we can we can dive into that a little bit deeper. I think there's merit to it. I think it's it's got uh, a lot of potential to do a lot of good for many people. I think implementing it is very, very difficult. And I think that um, the physical act of seeding bluegrass into Bermuda grass and then calling it Bermuda is, or blue muta is kind of stupid. I think that you really need to quantify how much bluegrass needs to be in there relative to how much, yes, to be a successful stand. So, yeah. Um, Matt, what else have we missed? We're, we're we're coming up to sort of the the quasi end here, but and Nate, I think I think that's Nate, it. Um, uh, Nate, you got any final questions here before we wrap this up? Well, and we move on I, to the I show you, after the show. Yeah, the the allopathic uh, tendencies of of fine fescue, something that you kind of you, you kind of introduced me to. I didn't know much about that, and and, and we never talked about it in college, but 
Is there a way to engineer grass to be like that, like fine fescue, like a better grass than fine fescue, obviously? I don't know if you guys ever touched on the subject. I don't understand or, what you're people, saying. Engineer grass to be more allelopathic? Well, yeah, like, like, like fine more, fescue. Way more allelopathic, as in such that it can do its own weed control without you having to apply any kind of pre- or post-emergent where it becomes so, so toxic. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, good question. I, it's a kind of it's a hypothetical, I guess, because around here on the um, they, they sell a seed called the Penn State mix. And uh, yeah. do you, can you guys guess what the Penn State mix is of seeds? Take a Fine take a stab at it. And perennial ryegrass and poa triv. No, no poa triv. <laughs> well, poa. Just the other poa. Poa a bluegrass. Oh, but anyway, anyway, so it's it's bluegrass, ryegrass, and fine fescue. But I, I, you know, I treat lawns that were 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 seeded with uh, with that mix, and they're all fine fescue. The fine fescue basically took over. Um, so I'm just I'm just curious if if that could be engineered into a grass where it can be basically it doesn't like anything grow beside beside itself. So any thoughts you, on I that? Think the fine fescue. Am I, am I, yeah, I'll tell you ahead, what Ray. might have happened actually. The fine fescue is what survived under conditions of acidic soil and low nutrient levels because I kind of understand things like ryegrass and even Kentucky bluegrass as being real nitrogen hogs. So if somebody were to seed in a fine fescue KBG, and rye mix and not be pouring down the nitrogen, what becomes dominant in the end is the grass that survives on low inputs. Keep that in mind because I leverage that as well when dealing with warm season turf in that if I want to encourage a grass other than Bermuda, guess what I do? I chop Drop my fertilizer, fertilizer rates. Yes. I cut it. Yeah. Starve it. Starve it. Starve it. So uh, that's the thing is that fine fescue literally, literally is the the original. Uh, you know, all grasses are like this to an extent. Bermuda is at the top of the pyramid, right, where it, it's it's super high maintenance bent to, like, where it, it's going to need comparatively more care and things like that. But fine fescue is the OG low input poverty grass right it doesn't need much to survive right it favors acidic soil it favors low fertility doesn't need a whole lot of herbicide treatments because of what nate just re recommended and said that it's got such a high level of allelopathy that yeah there's not a whole lot out there don't want to grow in it so so, so the Nate, allelopathic Nate, compound in fine fescue is l m tyrosine all right go ahead no, I was going to say, the the thing that I would be looking at, Nate, is uh, I'll tell you who's doing the absolute cutting-edge work on this right now is University of Minnesota up in uh, St. Paul. And the stuff that they're finding up there in, in really, truly harsh conditions as compared to what we see here, you know, from Pittsburgh on through the Midwest, fantastic results in a low-input situation. When I say low-input, I'm talking like a pound and a half, pound or less of N per year and minimal herbicide applications, right? So 
I think there's uh, there's an opening there, right? For the uh, I don't want this high maintenance grass, and I don't want this and that, uh, you know, in terms of my lawn. And and like what you said about managing expectations, I do think there is an opening there, in um, a niche in the market to offer people and say, hey, there is something different, right? There is something that we don't have to fertilize as much, we don't have to spray as much, we we do kind of just want to let it do its thing. And even in times of stress, we want to let it do its thing, right? It's, it's easy to say, and you know, anybody who's really been on a golf course will know this is the feeling of, Hey, I really should do something, spray something, blah, 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 whatever you think might need to take place. And you see all these goobers on uh, YouTube saying, Oh, spray this, spray that. And on a golf course, and they, you can attest to this. The best thing sometimes is doing nothing. Ray, agree, disagree? I, I totally agree. I mean, I am the person where, yes, I spend the money where I have to, but if there's something I can't stand, it's one, wasted work, number two, wasted money. I mean, that's how I can afford expensive products is I'm not wasting my time or money on useless crap that still costs money but doesn't give me, you know, results. That's how I can afford that jug of Exteris, for example. That's how I can afford the bottle of Lexicon. It's because I'm not wasting my money on things like Miramichi Green products, to just name names. <laughs> that ain't me. Jerry Falwell Lawn Care. <laughs> oh. What? What? what do you? God, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. No, no, you're fine. No, well, do you think so? Can you can you can you seed a tall fescue into fine fescue, or do you think you're gonna have the same kind of? I know. I know it's. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think you can intercede? Can you intercede? Into, I, yeah, intercede. I'll tell you. I, I don't you, know. It might not I, work. I would say. But I, I, I don't not. know the susceptibility of various grasses to LM tyrosine if that is indeed the singular allelopathic compound in fine fescue it may not be the other one it could be a, a group of different amino acids or whatever the case may be uh, individual chemicals that are causing that and i i don't know which of those are allelopathic to which plants oh be, being a penn state guy those those are listening do not buy a penn state mix do not put fine fescue in your yard if it's if you need something if it's too shady I need to put shade mix in there, cut the tree down, or put a flower bed in. Grass does not grow, grow well in shade. Oakmont Country Club, the guys that are around here, they cut down every single tree on the golf course because trees and turf do not mix. So, yeah. What's the best way to prune a tree on a golf course, Nate? With a stump grinder. <laughs> down to the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's what, here's what I think about interceding. Hell yeah! Tall fescue into fine fescue. What will probably happen is the tall fescue might not like the soil conditions that the fine fescue is thriving in. And again, you go back into low nutrients and acidity. So, because guess what I heard? Tall fescue is deliberately bred to be adapted to what low input alkaline so no more alkaline okay. soil 
more nitrogen, more more of every a little more of everything because after all you want that grass to be green and lush so because here's what i'm faced with here guess what my low input grasses are here in hawaii centipede and saint augustine there's a low input grasses here and in fact the less you do to them the easier time you have maintaining that turf and I even run into cases where somebody is complaining about their zoysia being contaminated by Bermuda. And do you know what's causing that? They're over fertilizing and over watering. No lie. When you speak about warm season grasses, I am lost. <laughs> I am completely okay. lost. I know, I know. Oh. Tenacity, Pilex, uh, that's how I get rid of them. That's. <laughs> That's for my knowledge. Well, and Roundup, well, sorry. In, in the summer. Well, not while storming. Well, Nate, <laughs> well, Nate uh, one of the things I'm known for is removing one warm season grass out of the other selectively. That's actually That's what I'm known for in Hawaii. That's is, the burn and return. I'm one, no, I'm one, no, I'm one of the guys that do it because the easy button answer is the bottle of Roundup, and then that $4 per square foot sod, and even then, you half-ass the kill out, and what you're trying to get rid of comes roaring back from underground rhizomes. It's like, hi, I'm back. Sucker. This would be akin <laughs> on the on the golf course, Nate, to uh, taking your foot off the gas with the Paclo when you're trying to selectively control Poe Annua and then that prize fighter gets up off the ground after an eight count and Tyson comes back and punches you in the jaw. That's, I, that's you know, what happens. I, I've, I've turned Poe Triv black with, 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 with pack Butrazol, trim it, you know, as we know it. And it still, it, it mm -hmm. keeps coming back. It just keeps, I wish, I really wish you could use trim it on, on, uh, in, in residential lawns, but uh, I guess it's not labeled for residential turf, but um no I, I i agree with that though just well and then what you have cutlass is cutlass labeled for residential by chance yes yes it is a cutlass mm -hmm. is but cut, okay but cut but cutlass is something that i actually use quite a bit cutlass is something i use quite a bit because when i'm maintaining turf at a half an inch or lower cutlass is the difference between mowing twice a month and twice a week uh, i agree no in other words uh some people know this as the stfu mix <laughs> also, also on on the menu of products he's got it as a skew in quickbooks you just got to subscribe to that i mean you just got to get on board uh, you know because uh <laughs> the thing is about cutlass is that cutlass is several orders less suppressive than paclobutrazole in terms of what the, what it does to turf grass because uh, I can use cutlass on warm season grasses that are mowed low without 
you know, stunting them down to the stubs. But if I were to do the same thing with Paclo, no. I might even kill the lawn. So Paclo and Cutlass are two different products entirely. It's it's kind of the same thing in cool season. You can, in Nate would attest to this, especially when you're not trying to do it, uh, Poe and your control inside of, you know, a, a lawn or a turf area that's got Kentucky bluegrass as a desirable species, right? Because that can get very tricky and very selective based on just cultivar alone. But for Primadol is much more forgiving cutlass much more forgiving also more expensive too but i'll tell you what like you know you take Paclo, um and if you have turf that can handle it right like desirable turf that can handle it you can absolutely decimate and i don't mean like to the point that you can kill it off but the whole point is to continue to weaken uh those uh poe annual plants to the extent that if you have Kentucky bluegrass or you have uh, creeping bent grass in bent, the case of golf, yeah, bent grass, yeah, to favor to favor that grass, right, to fill in those voids, and that's really the name of the game. I mean, anytime this 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 is a question that comes up like every day, I get hit up with this, and I'm sure Nate, you do too. Is and this is what I always tell folks: is anytime that you're asking chemistry to take a grass out of another grass. You know, if you have anything better than a crapshoot, you you have some really expensive chemistry, you know, and that's just the way it is <laughs> because it, it's it, it's tough, you know, unless we're talking about like C3 out of C4, you know, easy stuff like that. I'm talking more so of, you know, the same time, you know, very, very close species uh, out of one another that it, it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult. And, you shouldn't feel like a failure either. Like people see Poe annual in their lawn and they're just like, Oh my God, like what happened? Where do we go here? And Nate, you can attest to this, man. It is well, everywhere. It's on the moon. Probably. We just don't know it. But, uh, yeah. I, I actually want to dive. I know, I, I know you guys are on the show here sooner. It's, it's close to wrapping up time, but when people good, say good, like, Poe, no, they say Poe annual is an annual. Just put a pre-emergent down in cool season turf. It is not an annual grass. It, no, no. It, it, up it north. Is, up north. Uh, well, up north. Okay. Well, no. I don't know where you define north at. Uh, Canada. But it is. No. It <laughs> Not is, even in Canada. A, Not even in Canada. There is there are, there are biotypes that are, are perennial grasses. I mean, they don't they don't die off every season, especially. Uh, well, should, Penn State Dixon. developed. Penn State developed, you know, their own cultivar of of cult literally cultivated seeded poeanthus that you can get. You know, there was well, a, you probably don't you probably don't even know this. Uh, maybe you do, Nate. There, so there used to be. Uh, do you ever hear of uh, D M Boyd? You ever heard of that, Colin? Yeah, Boyd yeah, yeah, yeah. In... yeah. I used to buy sand from them for top dress. Yeah, out yeah, of Ohio, Chardon. Yeah, yeah. West, the Chardon, but before that, they were in West Middlesex, Pennsylvania, just across the Ohio line. They had a greens nursery there. They would buy airification plugs from Oakmont, and they had Oakmont saw that they would ship all over the East Coast. If you can believe that, back in the '90s and the early yeah. 2000s, I think so, there's, there's a there's a there's a grower up north that has poa ready for Oakmont if they need it. 
is Poa that's ready for Oakmont if they need Saad. It, it could be. Yeah, it's, it could be DM Boyd. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. just interesting too that that but the, so the whole point there that fo- uh, folks I think that Nate's trying to make and I agree is that you know there so what we call that in if we were going to classify that is Poa annua uh, variety reptans R E P T A N S which means it is a, a, a perennial type of uh, Poa annua and Nate you're exactly right like there are very very few annual types that we see out there now that just want to check out you know summertime these are prize fighters right they have adapted to the climate and now come back year after year after year the only thing i see crapping out now generally speaking um is is really poetry yeah. right hell yeah yeah see somebody knew that poetry is a bastard i you know <laughs> i would honestly i would rather manage poet annua than see poetry how's that that's the well, truth I said it's easier to keep Poa greens alive than it is to selectively kill Poa in a in a home lawn. I mean, it's, oh, and Poa triv is it, is just the absolute pits. There, there's nothing yeah, po- good you can do with that grass. Nothing good you no, can I do agree. with that grass. One hundred percent. All right, so real quick, real quick, before uh, Matt gets to read the copy from our. New, maybe soon to be future. The cat just knocked over all the beer cans. Gosh, gosh. All right. Anyhow, um, yes, that's correct. Um, I do want to say first, thank you, Nate. This has been this has been super fun, super fun. Now, the other thing I want to make everybody aware of, including Nate, because he should come, because he's got just a short drive down here. There is, and you have to be. You have to become, no, 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 no. You have to become a member to learn more about this. There is an opportunity to see us live and in person. I can't tell you where. I can't tell you when. You have to become a member to learn more about this cool upcoming, very soon upcoming opportunity to see us all, uh, to see us live. Ray is going to be beamed in via satellite. Um, from Hawaii, we've we've already started working. What, what, are you going to get him a, uh, an ISDN line, a DSL? What, what do you what are you what are you going to work out for him? <laughs> uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move past the fifty six k modem. I think we're we're gonna have dual <laughs> coconuts. That's what it's going to be. Two coconuts. He's got AOL. He's got AOL dial up right now, and every time he signs on to come on to the show, it says you've got mail. Right? Oh. oh <laughs> That's, oh, what is that's that? Right. What, what is We're that? We're not talking about okay, that. Okay, right yeah, you're not talking about that right now. Yeah, you got to you got to talk about that later. Become a member, please. So if you have a you have a chance to slide down here, become a member, right, and learn about how you can meet us live. Um, see Ray in actual HD instead of the coconut quality that he currently is, because you know, God bless Hawaii internet. Now, I will stop talking. I will thank Nate. And then I would like the grass factor to tell me about what, can you tell me what is hone health? Yeah. So first off, uh, I took a blood test the, uh, this is the other week and, uh, all right. So I have been undergoing this personal journey of trying to lose a significant amount of weight because I had, uh, a couple of aneurysms in my eye and I thought I was going to lose my vision and an aneurysm in your eye is not really a good thing. Anyway, big announcement coming up on Saturday, but I'll kind of tell you the prelude to this. 
I went ahead and I decided to go ahead and and do the home health thing, take a blood test and see what would end up happening. I fully expected as hairy as I am, uh, as well now active as I am, I was going to have testosterone levels off the chart, right? I was like, it's certainly, it's definitely not something. And I was kind of approaching it with a badge of honor. Like, I don't need this shit. I take my test and <laughs> I have the testosterone levels of a 65 year old man. No lie. Uh, free test. You are uh, Betty, uh, you're Betty White. Total test. Yeah. I'm, I'm growing, I'm growing <laughs> organs of the opposite sex. And I'm just absolutely floored. They did a full blood test. They even looked at my liver levels to see how that was affecting my testosterone levels. And then on uh, next Thursday, I get to meet and sit down with a real doctor to go over options for why I am uh, uh, having some of these things that that I'm I'm having. Right? Why am I experiencing uh, the the greater amount of fatigue, the injuries that seem to never heal? and uh and hopefully do something about it so i'm super stoked about this i hope you check it out it helps support the channel and uh, it helps support the guys that are on here with me so go to honehealth.com for slash the grass factor for 45 bucks for 45 bucks you can get some answers about maybe an opportunity for you to feel significantly better in your life because in my opinion really at the end of the day what it's all about yes we talk about grass yes we have a good time but but really what it's all about is being the absolute best men that we can be. And uh, and that's exactly what Hone Health is going to give us the opportunity to do. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Nasty Nate, thank you for being on. Ryan DeMay, Ray Ito, we're moving on to the show. After the show, if you want to join us there, you got to hit the join button and uh, head over on over to D- uh, Dirty Deeds where there's going to be a link for 10 minutes and 10 minutes alone, and then it's deleted into the environment and just gone forever. It is a 16% iron application sprayed through EDTA chelated <laughs> iron, and it's just going to disappear into the world. So... Check it out, and we'll be over there. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flip side.